the home for intelligent black people. Uh, I want to say hello to everybody. And um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the D.C. protests. Uh, also, uh, Donald Trump, uh, the riots in D.C., as well as the Proud Boys. So the Proud Boys uh, were part of uh, what went down in D.C. Uh, they were kind of an instrumental part of that, I guess, along with all the other um Yahoo's that decided to bum rush the Capitol. And I've given some nuance on this, but I thought that I would actually dig into some stuff that I found out about not just uh, what went on with the Proud Boys, but also what went on in D.C. In particular, a post that was sent to me by someone on my team uh, about one of the Proud Boys who actually has a black wife. Uh, so this guy was um, uh, storming the Capitol with all his all his buddies. And um, it turned out that this guy had a black wife, right, which was really interesting to observe. And so I was like, huh, he's got a black wife. That, that's fascinating. Let's explore that a little bit. And uh, in case you guys don't know, I mean, I'm, I'm not just sort of a person that reads, um, you know, what the media tells me and then sticks with that. I like to think I like to come up with my own conclusions because I am absolutely convinced that the media is lying to you as much as possible. I'm absolutely convinced that propaganda is as prominent in the United States as it is in countries like China. We tend to try to look down on countries like China and Russia. But right now, when you're watching The Purge, when you're watching this digital genocide that's occurring, it reminds you of um, Croatia. Croatia. Anybody remember in Croatia when one half the country decided they wanted to eliminate the other half? Now, this was actually physical violence. This was on a different level. But they literally just decided that those other people don't deserve to have a chance to even exist. And they literally said, we're going to exterminate the other half of the country. So right now, we're, we're saying that certain people don't have a right to digitally exist. We are engaged right now in, the, in this country in, uh, in what I think is a huge mistake. It's a digital extermination, digital genocide, and uh, I'm not a fan of any of it. Uh, and I hear people's justification. Well, it's because you know the Trump supporters are inciting violence and this that, and the other. And I'm like, well, no, actually, this violence this summer was more from the left than from the right. And I remember a lot of leading people on the left inciting and encouraging the chaos and the violence that was occurring this summer. And uh, I didn't feel any any more unsafe when they went after the Capitol than I felt when they were going after Black-owned businesses and throwing bricks through windows and burning down buildings and setting off all kinds of, uh, of, of stuff that sounded like bombs to me. It's like things that go boom sound like bombs. I don't know. But, but I personally think that uh, right now your country is just stupid. Right now your country is in a state of civil war. Uh, civil war means that uh, people like me are going to become the enemy to a big chunk of people. People who don't know how to think are going to consider people like me to be the enemy because when you're in the middle of a war, you have to work hard to defend your neutrality. Uh, when you're in the middle of a war, you have to defend your neutrality as if you're fighting for one of the sides. What do I mean by that? So when I come in as a neutral person who says, you know, you're wrong and you're wrong, then you're going to have people that are going to say, no, you you must be a Trump supporter. Or, oh, you sound like those those Biden supporters over there, right? And it's like, no, 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 mm -mm, no, y'all acting like some damn fools and you're going to destroy this country. You're going to tear this country apart because you're smoking the crack pipe of your own self-righteousness. You are injecting the heroin needle that is filled with your own uh, monopoly on the truth. You believe you know the truth and nobody else does. You believe that half the country, 100 million people are just ignorant and stupid and deserve to disappear. What, what's wrong with you? Um, so I think that we're going to find out something that we're going to learn a very difficult lesson um, over the next few years, which is that you can't make 100 million people disappear. You can't. You can't make 100 million people disappear. Uh, you might want to try listening to them because uh, they're going to show up again 
And the next time they show up, it might even be worse than before uh, because you've lost something that I think is out of style, but I think very important. It's called tolerance. Tolerance meaning the ability to hear points of view that differ from your own. Tolerance has left. I used to think the people on the left had more tolerance. That was why I, I used to be a Democrat. I used to think that being a Democrat mean you believed in things like freedom of speech. Like, look, I don't agree with you, but I'm going to defend your right to say what you have to say, and that's okay. But now we, we've got people that just don't believe in freedom of speech. They believe that some people are either too stupid or too dangerous to even open their mouth. And uh, and I get it, right? I get it if somebody says, hey, let's all get together and go beat up that person over there, right? You have to go deal with that. But I don't get it when you say that not only should that person be banned, but any friend of theirs, anybody associated with them should be banned. And all my friends who said similar things should be excluded from the pack. They, they're okay. They're good. They didn't really mean it, y'all. They didn't really mean it. But but but, but those people did. They really did. They, no, 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 no. When stuff was getting burned down, give me a yes or no if you get what I'm saying. Even if you don't agree, give me a yes or no if you get what I'm saying. When buildings were being burned down in the summer, when uh, people were throwing rocks through windows, when they were uh, throwing uh, bricks at the heads of police officers, were there not people on the left that were okay with that? Were, were they not? Could they not be accused of inciting violence? Um, I think the answer is yes. I wasn't in support of none of that. And I wasn't in support of what happened at the Capitol. I, I, none of that. So, so let me go into this a little bit. There was this interesting thing I just saw. Hit the thumbs up button if you could right now, please. Uh, we need media that's run by actually smart people and not people who are robots for the Democrat or Republican parties. Uh, so we're not enslaved by any party. So I hope you'll support us. Uh, if you could take one second, hit the thumbs up button, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Everybody take one second to do that. Share on some level, whatever you can do. And I have to ask you to do that because we, our existence is very important. Our existence is extremely important, especially at a time like now when the purge is happening, because believe me, they're, they're coming after me. They're going to come after me. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, I already, I'm already planning and preparing for when they're going to come after me. So I actually have accounts on places like parlor and clubhouse and Instagram and everywhere else to try to protect myself because I know that people don't like truth anymore. So let me uh, grab a picture. There's a picture of this image of this proud boy. Now, if you're on Instagram, you won't see the picture. If you want to see the picture, go to uh, drboystv.com. And uh, there's an image of a proud boy uh, who uh, had this black wife. And, uh, and she's a pretty little thing, pretty, pretty little, pretty little black woman, a beautiful black baby that they have. Uh, Y'all see that picture? So I, this guy, uh, somebody sent me this picture and they said that he's one of the proud boys and, uh, and, and he's got this black wife. And uh, and that's interesting to me, not not because it surprised me. Right. Because, I mean, who wouldn't think the black woman was the most beautiful thing in the world? I mean, come on. Like, can you really blame anybody for falling in love with a black woman? I mean, they just y'all just sexy, chocolate and delicious. That's what y'all are. And here's the thing, though. Um, this didn't surprise me, but it surprised a lot of people because it's not consistent with the narrative, right? It's not consistent with this narrative that says that Trump supporters are racist, that they all hate black people no matter who they are or where they come from, right? Uh, that, that you know, all they do is sit around and think about ways and dream about ways that they can go out and uh, and beat up black people, take their wealth and, and kill them and, and do terrible things like that, right? Um, now, here's the thing. Uh, first of all, let's start with this. Having a black wife does not mean you can't be a racist, right? Give me a yes if you understand what I'm saying. You, you can be racist and still have a black wife. You can. I mean, you know, like I told you, I mean, you ain't got to love all black people to love one black person, right? Loving all black people is not the same as loving one black person. And and really, the truth is, I mean, I, I don't know about y'all, but I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know how easy it is to love every black person, right? Because I'm sure y'all got some black people that you can think of right now that, that you just don't love too much, right? So, so that whole idea of loving everybody, I don't know. <laughs> that's hard to do. You got to be extra Christian to pull that off. But uh, having a black wife does not exclude you from possibly being racist, just like having black friends doesn't exclude you from being racist, right? 100% true. We all agree on that for sure. Now, the other interesting point is, is that when you're talking about, um, you know, when you're talking about this, uh, this, this idea that this proud boy uh, has this black wife, um, I think it, what it does is it confuses people because it makes the conversation a little more complicated than you want it to be. Right. We, we are the media wants us to believe this narrative that says Trump supporters are all racist. They hate black people, period. And you should come over here with us because they're going to come kill you if you're black because they all hate black people. Um, I hear that in the sense that I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you if you told me Donald Trump was didn't like black people. I, I don't disagree. I, I think Trump is a guy who likes people who agree with him. He dislikes people who don't agree with him. He loves diamond and silk. Uh, but he doesn't love, uh, you know, I don't know, Malcolm X. Right. So 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 I think it's really interesting, though, to talk about that, because um, without letting the Proud Boys off the hook and I don't know their whole complete agenda, I will just say this. I haven't seen anything out there that says that the Proud Boys wake up every day thinking, how do we go take out black people? What I hear from the Proud Boys is that they don't like Antifa. Right. And, 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 you know, because, you know, so when they talk about who they hate, they'll say, we hate Antifa. Right. Uh, I don't hear them say, we hate black people. Right? And in fact, I've seen scenarios where they've done things and there have been black people right there with them. Now, does that mean that they love all black people? No, it doesn't. Right. Does that mean every Trump supporter loves every black person everywhere? No, it doesn't. But what you'll find is that when you get into these ugly, ignorant political battles, the left versus the right, People will try to hijack racism for their own personal use. So the the Republicans will say uh, the Democrats are racist. Look how racist they are. They're running a big plantation. Look at what the Democrats have. The Democrats ever done anything for black people. They just take the black vote for granted and they don't care about black people. Right. Well, that's not true because there's plenty of black people in the Democratic Party who are being who are loved beyond belief. Stacey Abrams is love beyond belief because she saved America, right? Uh, Cory Booker is love beyond belief. Kamala Harris, well, well, maybe she's not the best example, but you get the point. Barack Obama, whatever, right? But the Democratic Party, do they love all black people? Do they love all black people? No, no, because the Democratic Party didn't like Ice Cube too much. Ice Cube showed up and said, oh, well, you, if you're our friend, then why don't you do something for us, right? You, you, you can do something for us if you really are friend, Mr. Biden. And, Joe, and they basically gave him the middle, both middle fingers and said, get out of here, boy. Get out of here, boy. So does that mean that the Democratic Party loves all black people in the entire black community? No, it doesn't. That doesn't mean that they hate all black people. No, that doesn't, it doesn't mean that either. What the Democratic Party does is they like black people who fit with their agenda. They don't like black people who don't fit with their agenda. Well, if you go to the Republican side, you see the exact same thing. Republicans will treat black people very, very well if they fit their agenda. They don't like black people who don't fit their agenda. Right? And, and, and I think that what black people have to do, this is only for intelligent black people, right? Ignorant people aren't going to get it. They're sitting in the chat pissed off that I'm even speaking on a narrative that's different from the low level, low vibrational frequency that they're getting from mainstream media. For people like that, you need to just go, go watch NBC, MSNBC. They're going to make it easy for you. Go watch Fox News, whatever news network you want to go to, go there because this is a conversation for 
for this is not a conversation for the third graders. This is for the kids that graduated from high school. Okay, this is for those who are trying to think on another level and understand the game. This is not for the checker players. This is for the people that play chess. Okay, so 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 what I I think we have to at least accept is this idea that that when people when politicians start running up telling you that you need to get on board with what they're doing, you need to get down on your knees and massage their testicles and do and follow their agenda. And, and they're they're doing this by telling you that the other side is racist. What they are effectively doing is they're using something as serious as racism against black people, something as traumatic as racism, to trigger you into basically becoming their 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 ally, their slave, or their at least their their employee, whatever you want to call it. They want you to be a worker for their company. They want you to be a soldier in their army, right? And, and that's what you're getting, and that's why. You have this whole conversation about black people saving America and everything else because they became Democrats. And I think that's interesting. Now, um, now with this guy, let's go back to the proud boy with the black wife. Let me let me pull him back up again. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. Uh, if you haven't done it yet, I would appreciate that. I'd like to be able I think other people should be exposed to intelligent ideas, not just stupid stuff in media. That's what we do. We do that very well. So uh, so here's a, a couple more images of the guy. Um uh, I I think he's I don't know if he's this guy on the the, the in the middle here Tim Giannette or Nick OCHS I might be called a racist because sometimes I ain't gonna lie some of y'all be looking alike I I mean I know that sounds terrible I could probably be if I was white and I said that about black people I'm sure I'd be called a racist so but but yeah they they kind of I can't tell the difference in their facial features so I don't know which one is which y'all can help me in the chat but but here is um, the image uh, that uh, where they got arrested. And uh, it says one of them is the founder of the Proud Boys Hawaii. The other one is a far right activist. I don't know which one is which, but does it really matter? No, not for my key point. It doesn't matter. And uh, here's another image. This is him with his beautiful black wife again and that beautiful baby that they have. I mean, black babies are gorgeous. And that that is a black baby, by the way, because part of the reason that they're so afraid of us is because when they mix their DNA with our DNA, it's just we just kind of take over the whole process. It's literally a clone of us, right? And I, I don't know, I, that's kind of, that's gotta be kind of intimidating. Uh, and so here's another image of him with his Proud Boys tattoo on his arm. Uh, now, by the way, if you want to see the image and you're on Instagram, you can go to drboystv.com. I can't share my screen in both places, but he's got a Proud Boys tattoo on his arm and that's what he is. And so, um, so this made me really think about uh, the Proud Boys and, uh, and kind of want to do a deep dive on some of this. Uh, not because I want to be a proud boy, not because I want to go make a donation to the proud boys, uh, not because I'm aligned with their ideology, but but because I want black people to be smarter. Uh, I, I, I It's also because if you were black and you came up to me and said, I'm a proud boy, I wouldn't look at it as, oh, my God, you hate black people, too. No, I would say, oh, wow, you must really dislike Antifa. You must really have an issue with the far left, the the, the radical, the radical left. Right. I do not on any level interpret your uh, connection to far right politics, conservative politics with how you feel about black people. My assumption is that you have an ideology that you believe in. And if somebody shows up and they're black and they believe what you believe, like if they believe in church and God and family and guns and 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 what and they don't and they don't believe the virus is real or not, sorry, not the virus, sorry, the, the vaccine is healthy and 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 they believe that that people like Nancy Pelosi want to create a welfare state and all these other things that people on the right believe, or they don't like Planned Parenthood. Like if you're in that category and you're black, I believe they're gonna embrace you just like they would a white guy. 
they probably embrace you more than they would a white guy because they're trying so hard to get past this stigma of being racist, right? The left uh, controls the media. So the left works very, very hard to say, come align with us, you know, get with us because those people are bad. Those people are racist and black people aren't very smart. So they're going to fall for this. We, we can just tell them what to believe and they're going to all believe it. And there are people who really think that way of you. Uh, when I was working with Ice Cube on this whole thing with uh, during the election, uh, I remember we, we heard from uh, a high level Democratic Party uh, politician, I guess, that I, I was trying to think of the right word. I lost the word. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, this person did say they actually said that we're really happy that you're putting pressure on the Democratic Party because they don't have a lot of respect for us when we try to do things for black people. And, uh, and and you saw some of that when you saw the way Joe Biden yelled at those civil rights leaders in that meeting. When that footage was leaked, think about this. Somebody in that meeting leaked that conversation. Somebody in that meeting said, we need the world to see how they're treating us inside Mass's house. And so what, what happens is that you've got these black people, I think, who falsely, who believe the false dream. They believe the false idea that these people were really their friends. So they aligned themselves. They, they, they built their careers around trying to get this political access and political influence that turned out to not have influence at all. And I understand that, actually, because I remember thinking this. I remember thinking that when, that integration was kind of the best way to go, that getting into the system and fixing the system from the inside was a way to get it done. And uh, and I did that. I tried that at Syracuse University. And what I found at Syracuse when I was on the faculty there is that when it came to key decision making uh, that, that that drove the direction of the institution, white people did that. Mostly white people did that with with, with their very white ideas when it came to black people. You either went along with what they wanted to do or they would marginalize you. They would say, you know, you'd be a great fit for the Africana Studies Department, which we're going to put you over there across campus and you can just do whatever you want. And, and they called that the um, ghettoization of black scholars. So you get put kind of in this ghetto and a ghetto is kind of a place where they put you and they put you away from everything else, away from the resources, away from all the decision making. Uh, and they pretty much let you do whatever you want in the ghetto. Right. So so to some extent, uh, we have maybe a ghettoization or an imperialization that occurs within the Democratic Party because uh, their idea is that, look, it's dangerous out there. It's dangerous to be anything other than a Democrat. And we, so when you get over here, because you have nowhere else to go, we're going to pretty much do with you as we please. We're like the pimp who fed you when you were hungry. Uh, we gave you love when nobody loved you. Uh, we gave you a place to stay. So, uh, bitch, you better not complain about shit because if you do, I'm going to slap I'm gonna slap you so hard that you're going to go back to next Tuesday because y'all know how the pimp game operates, right? You keep, the, you, you, you keep your, you know, your, your employees, you keep them uninformed, you keep them scared, uh, you keep them intimidated, and then when they get out of line, what do you do? You you pull that. Remember a pimp named Slickback on um on uh on uh what was it on uh the Boondocks? A pimp named Slickback. Remember how he pulled that arm back? Like that's what they do, and that and that's what you saw when you saw this whole thing that happened during the last election. They will pull that pimp hand back real fast and get you right back in line. Uh, I'm not easily pimp, which is why people like me are a problem for the Democratic Party. So let so do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Now let let's talk a little bit about um about this um about the way the way some of this politics is, is working from my view so so we talked about the proud boy who has the black wife uh doesn't mean he's a good guy um you know even bad guys are going to be attracted to black women because black women are just so damn beautiful uh but it, it doesn't mean he can't be a racist but it does kind of cause 
of cognitive dissonance because it does not fit the narrative that all the people on the right are going to be racist or that 100 million people who support Donald Trump, the Republicans or whatever, are all a bunch of racist bastards. And, and, I, and I agree with that sentiment because I know people in my own family who are black who voted for Trump. And when I asked them, why did you vote for Trump? They said, because we hate the Democrats. They voted for Trump for the same reason a lot of black people voted for Joe Biden. Uh, it's because you could go to a black person who supported Joe Biden. You could say, why would you support a man who built his whole career incarcerating black men? Why would you support a man who 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 worked with racists like Strom Thurmond, who absolutely blatantly, very clearly hated black people. Strom Thurmond was one of the most notorious racists in all of Congress. And you do know that Joe Biden was his homeboy, right? So to use the same logic that says that if you are a supporter of Trump, you must be as bad as him, or you must be a racist. That's just not logical because if you flip that on, on the side and you flip it around and you apply that logic to yourself, then that makes you a racist. That, may, that means that if you voted for Joe Biden, then you are a racist because Joe Biden built his career incarcerating hundreds of thousands of black men. A lot of black men died because of Joe Biden. A lot of black men are rotting away in prison right now because of Joe Biden. A lot of black men have been raped hundreds of times in prison because of Joe Biden. This is not me making these things up. This is real. A lot of you, give me a yes or no in the chat if you have somebody in your family that's been to prison or is in prison. Give me a yes or no in the chat. Say their name in the chat, please. Let's say their name. I want you to give them life because prison is a terrible place in that it's not just a torture chamber. It's not just the modern day version of, of the gulags or the concentration camps. Uh, it's also a place where you are forgotten where you're, you're like the walking dead in the minds of a lot of people. The world forgets about you when you go to prison, and that's got to be a terrible feeling. And my heart goes out to the brothers in prison because I know that could have easily been me. I have many of my relatives in, in my family that went to prison, and I, I it, and it's only, a, it's only one little slip on action that can cause you to go down that path in terms of getting in the wrong situation. I mean, it was so bad that you could be just in the wrong car with somebody and end up getting 30 years. You could connect to one lady got 30 years in prison because she connected two people to make a phone call or to talk to each other. And they happened to be doing a drug deal. She didn't even know that they were doing a drug deal. Uh, but, but, but they sent her to prison because of these things called Rico charges conspiracy. Right. So, so, so what I really think is that, and I'm, I'm begging you to take a second to care about yourself as much as you care about the narratives being fed to you on TV. You need to care about yourself as much as you care about being a Democrat or as much as you care about being a Republican. You can be all those things, but, but care about yourself too. Like that's really important. Like there are really black people that are really still suffering for this. And I, I, w I need you to practice having as much empathy for your own as you do for like, you know, I don't know, Mexican immigrants that they want you to feel sorry for when they come across the border or have as much empathy for your own as they expect you to have for a white woman in the Me Too movement, right? You're not used to that because there's actually studies that show that people are less sensitive to the pain that black people endure than they are to the pain that white people endure. That's why doctors would do surgeries on black women without anesthesia because they were like, well, black women don't feel pain because they're like animals. It's like doing surgery on a dog, right? So, so the problem though with that is that they're not the only ones who are white supremacists. In order for white supremacy to work, it takes two to tango. You have to be part of that process. When they're, when it's like dancing, when their foot, when their foot moves forward, your foot must move backward. And you 
you do this white supremacy tango where you're the white supremacist too. You know, you're as committed to the system as they are, right? Because if you weren't committed to the system, if you refuse to accept things the way they were, then the system would not work. Like if black people all said, we don't want to give our money and our wealth away to white people. We want to keep our money for ourselves. Or if they said, we don't want white people educating our children and making money from our kids. We want to educate our own kids. If, or if black people said, you know, we don't want to support white media. We want to support black media. Well, all that would throw off the dominance and the supremacy that other people have over you. They wouldn't have that economic dominance. They wouldn't have that, that psychological dominance as well that comes through the educational system, right? There's a lot of brainwashing that must occur in order for white supremacy to work. So in order to help you get away from this white supremacy, supremacy that has affected you since birth, I need you to really practice, consciously practice being sensitive to what your people are going through and being as sensitive to that as you are to whatever white people have told you to be triggered by. Okay, so let me keep going. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Please do that. All right, so let me um, just show you, let me just, um, okay, so this week in uh, Black People Saving America, um, I want to show you another image that I saw that I thought was that really kind of tickled me a little bit, to be honest with you. I actually thought it was kind of funny, but maybe y'all think I'm a bastard for thinking this image is funny. But I'm going to show you this image. If you're watching on Instagram, you won't see it. You can go to drboystv.com or I can describe it to you. So this image here, this is an image of a brother. Uh, remember that brother that was getting chased through the hallway at the um, at the Capitol building? And, and they were kind of it looked kind of made it look kind of silly, to be honest with you. He's kind of. um you know, almost like looking like the Keystone Cops type thing where he, where you're just kind of like, isn't this the Capitol building? Like, shouldn't there be, you know, 300 soldiers in riot gear ready to like blast the brain out of anybody who tries to come in? Like, why do they got one guy with a baton looking like a damn mall cop running away from the people trying to bust it? It was weird. It was very weird. And it made you wonder, why is he by himself? Like, there's a whole, there's like a list, there's about a long 50 page list of questions that I'm sure many of us could ask about how that even went down. What I was as confused when I saw that as I was when I saw people going to cities and rioting uh, this summer and the police kind of standing around while people were burning down buildings and throwing bricks at the police, at the heads of police officers. And, and so I, I, I didn't understand that. It, it really just kind of exposed the fact that your system really isn't ready or prepared to defend itself. There's something about America where the emperor has no clothes. America's really exposing its weaknesses to our uh, enemies, both foreign and domestic, by really showing that they have no ability to show true force. What happens if we get invaded by Russia? What happens if the Chinese military decides to launch a missile into the country? I don't think that we're going to be safe because they can't even defend the Capitol building. So anyway, so they have this brother here, uh, the most famous black man in America. And uh, apparently his name is Officer Eugene Goodman. And so the New York Times gave him... Um, you know, some props for doing his best. I mean, he's just on his job. I don't know what he makes. Maybe he makes like $28.95 an hour. And he's just like, I'm just coming to work, man. I got to fight off all these white folks trying to storm the Capitol building. I don't think he signed up for that. He didn't. And so Officer Eugene Goodman, here's what it said. It says, Officer Eugene Goodman stopped a mob of white rioters from entering the chambers of the United States Senate. At this perilous moment in our nation's history, he was the one person standing between democracy and the rule of tyrants. I think Officer Goodman should receive Joe, President Biden's first presidential medal of freedom. All right. So so here's what I'm going to say about uh, Officer Eugene Goodman. All right. First of all, um, I think he deserves the medal. I, sure. Why not? Give it to him. That's great. Um, good for him. Congratulations. Second thing is um, that this reminds me of is... Um, when I see him standing there, like 
try to stop people, you know, like, like stop, you know, um, if, you know, I, I, I swear to God, it made me, it, 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 I pictured like a slave standing in the front of master's house, like, just like, y'all better not come in here. Y'all, y'all dead. Yeah, you know, like, like a real, like a holding like a rake or something like, like, like y'all, y'all better, y'all better back up. Y'all better back up. Like, it, it, that, that's what I saw. I, and I'm probably being kind of a jerk and a bastard for even saying that, but that's what I really saw. Right. Because I'm not going to die defending this. I'm just not. I'm not. I got a family. I'm coming home to my family. Y'all didn't give me no backup. Y'all left me. Really? Like y'all really did this to me on my job. Like I y'all don't y'all don't even give me hazard pay. Like, are you kidding me? Like, really? I I I would literally, if I was Eugene, I would have went home. I'd have been like, I had to leave <laughs> because there's a hundred people coming. And y'all left me with a stun gun and a baton. Like, I had to go home. Because clearly, y'all don't care nothing about defending the Capitol building. <laughs> because if you did care, you would have had three employees or five employees on the job instead of me doing this all by myself. I can't do this by myself. So that's the first thing. Eugene should have went home that day. That's I'm just telling you all the truth. But the second thing about this is this. I, I, I thought about another concept that Dr. Claude Anderson writes about in Poweronomics called meritorious manumission. And meritorious manumission, and I, I pulled up the definition. Let me pull it up again. Uh, meritorious manumission is, is uh, remember, not, there's nothing new under the sun. Most of your habits came uh, you know, from, from history. They came from slavery, a lot of them. And so uh, and a lot of the relationship dynamic between whites and blacks comes right out of slavery. And he he makes he forms these connections. That's why it's important for, for you to take a look at his books like Black Labor, White Wealth, because he talks about specific laws that were passed and specific codes of conduct that were uh, submitted to in order to keep black people kind of managed and under control. You didn't become slaves by accident. Like they weren't sloppy with it. They were very careful, very strategic, almost like managing a pack of wild dogs. Like if you're managing a bunch of wild dogs or a bunch of tigers, you can't just sort of do it haphazardly. You have to make sure you have very specific safety precautions. So meritorious manumission was a law passed in Virginia in 1710. It was a meritorious manumission act of 1710. It says it was the legal act of freeing an enslaved African for good deeds as defined by the national public policy and could be granted uh, to an enslaved uh, African who saved the life of a white person. So basically, if you saved a, a, a white person, if you were protecting a white man's property or uh, protecting his household or helping uh, keep white people safe, they will reward you. Uh, they would. They, one guy, they gave him actually a statue. They built a statue in his honor. And the statue was up until the 1960s uh, because he, he snitched on a slave revolt. Some slaves were trying to revolt and he told the master what happened. So they gave him an award, kind of like the Joe Biden Presidential Medal of Freedom. Now, now this is different, obviously, right? Because these were not black people trying to storm the Capitol. Most black people just don't really roll like that. That's just not something that we tend to do. Um, but, but in this particular case, I, I, I thought about meritorious manumission because I sat and I just, you know, kind of couldn't. I, I just kind of froze in, in terms of thinking, "Wow, I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I wouldn't be doing that job right now." I would defend the Capitol with a group of people. Like if it was me and 200 of my closest you know, allies all wearing riot gear with, with guns, maybe I would do it then because that's your job. You're a soldier. That's your job. But if I'm the only guy left on the job 
I have to ask, why was he the only one out there? And why was he asked to give his life to defend the Capitol when they didn't even care enough to, to send him some backup? That, that just doesn't make sense to me. And also, I think about this, you know, to the black man. Uh, I, I think it's very important that we also understand that while we are willing to give it all to defend something like the Capitol, well, maybe you should also consider your own community to be as important as the Capitol. Uh, when I saw, uh, I'll, I'll use the example with um, Ice Cube and, and the other black folks that stood up to Biden and Trump during the last election, that's kind of the energy that I saw. I saw defensive energy. I saw energy in which they were saying, you know, look, if you want to come in our neighborhood and invade in our community and get something valuable from our community, whether it's votes or money, then you're going to have to meet a standard in order to do that. You cannot come and get black votes for free. That's a very important principle that actually translates over to economics. The same thing is true in black neighborhoods. There should be people in the community who are standing up there guarding the community, just like Eugene, who says, you know, who say, look, if you're going to come in our community and get money, you cannot do that for free. You must meet a standard. You must give something to the community in order to take something out. Because black communities are actually the only communities where businesses from other cultures can set up shop with no resistance whatsoever and just suck money out of the black community like a vacuum cleaner. Just suck, just suck up all your money, give nothing back, owe you nothing, and then be excused by the black people there who will say, oh, well, don't why are you messing with him? Oh, don't mess with his money. Da, da, da. Nobody else does that. I, give me a yes or no. Do you think I could go set up a business in Chinatown and and not have anybody ask me any questions? Just come in there and just get just suck money out of the Chinese people and have them not say anything to me. Like seriously, do you really do you really think I could do that? Give me a yes or no. If I could get away with that, the answer is no. I, I would get two lines of defense. One, um, the the Chinese citizens would not support my business. Most likely, they would walk right past my business. Doesn't matter if I had the best food, uh, the best service, or the lowest price. They will walk past my business because they understand the importance of supporting their own. Then number two, if worse came to worse, if I chose to stay in that community, I would probably get a visit from some of the men in the community who would come in and they'd say, hey, we'd like to talk to you for a second. Uh, you, 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 need to, uh, you need to get out of here. Right. That's what they would do. And that would happen in almost every other type of ethnic community out there. Black communities are the place where that does not occur. So. Uh, what I really, what I, the reason I kind of brought all this stuff up is because I, I really want to encourage a different conversation, other than the whole like all Republicans are racist kind of thing or all Democrats are racist. I think that you should understand that they're all racist and they're all not racist. They're all they're all enemies and they're they can all be allies. Now, if you are a person who believes in uh, the views that the Democratic Party has, if you believe in things like um, I don't know the the, the you know their stance on global warming. Maybe their stance on abortion, uh, maybe their stance on, um, you know, on income distribution, then fine, go be a Democrat. I think that's great. But don't think that they love you because you're black. They love you because you're like them. Right. But if you believe in other values, like like the Republican values, you know, whether it's family, uh, they tend to be uh, believing, you know, the, the, the traditional ideas in the Bible. Um, may, maybe it's things related to the Second Amendment. Right. Or maybe it's more conservative economic policy. Then Go be a Republican. I think that's perfectly fine. But just know the Republicans don't love you because you're black. They love you despite the fact that you're black. Right. They love you because you identify with their ideas and they're probably going to treat you as well as they would treat anybody else. Uh, because we, we got to start letting people hijack racism 
and making it their own and using it to suit their own purposes. Like when Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. And then on the other side, I remember Trump basically said, black people, what the hell do you have to lose? You know, you might as well support me because I'm the greatest thing that's ever happened to the black community ever. And, and, I, and I think that you have to do some simple math to say, okay, it, 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 it's okay for you to say that you help black people, but what exactly are you really doing? And are you doing for black people what black people actually want? Or are you doing for black people what you think we deserve? And that's the big issue. So the, because I, I, I see Democrat and Republican politicians who can name things that they claim that they've done for the black community. But then my question is, is that what the community asked for? Right. So when Joe Biden says, well, we, we're protecting black people from the virus and we're making sure that they get the vaccine first. Well, did, did the black community say that that was their top agenda item? Like, did we all take a vote and say uh, we really the, our number one priority is to make sure that we get vaccinated before everybody else? Or did we say, you know, no, actually, what we really want you to do is we want you to address reparations. So that's how you know who your allies are. It's like if I go into a restaurant and I pay my money. They should be serving me the food I order, not the food that they order. They should not be deciding what I'm going to eat that day, especially if I just specifically told you I want the chicken and you're like, no, 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 you really want the steak. That's not your friend. That is a person who is taking care of themselves, but pretending to take care of you. And that's what you're getting from most of these politicians. And that's one of the things that bothers me quite a bit. So um, anyway, I'm going to go. Uh, I hope that this conversation is helpful to you. Uh, I, later on, we'll talk about some economic stuff on the Black Financial Channel, so make sure you sign up over there. Uh, in case you didn't know also, we're, we're doing in the Black Business School, we're doing a generational wealth conference uh, this next weekend. It's all virtual, so you can do it from the comfort of your own home. And if you go to generationalwealthconference.com, you can take a look. We're going to cover a lot of stuff, everything from insurance to tax strategies to um, uh, investing strategies to real estate, multifamily property, things like that. So if you are interested, you know that we're big on the black wealth thing and um, and we, we've we already solved the, the racial wealth gap. We already know exactly how to how to shrink that gap. That's my PhD and you guys know that. And um, and so it's really a matter of activating the plan, working the plan and helping you to work the plan in your own family. So if you'd like to take a look, possibly join us, feel free to go to generationalwealthconference.com. And um, also, uh, if you want to get a free copy of my book, you can go to allblackeconomics.com. I have a book called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar. It is a short book. It's been read by hundreds of thousands of people. And basically, this book shapes my vision and my view of where black people need to go over the next 70 to 80 years in order for us to obtain the kind of power that we deserve to have. Uh, the, China, the reason the Chinese government has so much power around the world is that 50 years ago, they formed a 100-year plan for world economic domination and, and political domination. So, so basically, they, their plan was to dominate the world in 100 years. They're about on year 50 of that plan, and they're about to pass the United States um, in, in, in global domestic product. So ultimately, and, and the, the plan was was beautiful in the sense that it was a mixture between uh, talking about what they needed to do economically, what they needed to do politically, what they needed to do in terms of how they educate their kids, what they needed to do in terms of acquisition of property and assets all around the world, uh, also what they need to do in terms of citizenship, getting their citizens on code. So the Chinese um, president just announced that he's going to help, they're going to revamp their whole Chinese citizenship curriculum to teach their children how to be strong Chinese citizens and be committed to the strength of China over over time, right? So I think that for Black people, we need to have our children trained on what it means to be a strong Black citizen, right? What it means to support ideas like family, uh, wealth, 
uh, health in the black community, sovereignty of various forms. Uh, and I think you can learn a lot from the Chinese. So so this book, It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, which you can have totally for free. You don't have to buy it. You go to allblackeconomics.com and take a look, uh, read it, and also read it with your children, have your kids read it. Um, I think there's some good ideas in there that I think that uh, will, will de- that I know, I know that, I not think, I know that your children will be better off than other people's kids uh, 10, 20, 30 years down the line. So let's get them ready. Let's get our soldiers prepared. We will win this war because we are the greatest. So take care, guys. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out. I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. Be good. Peace.